My name is Leslie Rowe. I don't think I introduced myself. I'm on staff here at Denton North, and we are really happy that you're here this morning. Um, One of the things that I want to really encourage our members to do is I know that it's really easy to come in and see people that you know and you love and you haven't talked to all week and spend time talking with those people, but look around. When you first come in, look around the room. See if there's someone you don't know, and I don't care if you're afraid they may have been coming here for two years, still go up and introduce yourself. Um, Talk to them for a few minutes. Get to know them. Find out if they know anybody here. Um, Get their phone number so you can follow up with them during the week. Um, But make people feel welcome. And even if you see people that have been here for weeks and weeks and weeks, but you walk in and see them standing by themselves, go up and talk to them. Find out how they're doing. Um, I, I don't think that any of us come in with the intent of... Um, making someone feel unwelcome or not talking to people, but I think we just forget. And so I just want to remind you to always be thinking about that, always be looking around, make people feel like they're welcome here because we want them to come back and we want them to be a part. So I want to start by recapping just a little bit about why I wanted to do um, a sermon series on growing our relationship with God. And I do want to say that when I say growing our relationship with God, I'm talking about the full trinity. So I'm talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and I may use those interchangeably um, when I'm talking about it. But you know, as I meet with people, one of the questions I ask is, what are you reading in the Bible? What does your time with God look like? What is God teaching you? And a lot of times I'm getting the answer back well, I'm not reading, or I'm not spending time with God, or I'm not praying. Um, And there are a lot of reasons for that. And so I'll say, that'll be my next question, well, why not? And so some of the reasons that I get are, I can't quiet my mind enough to concentrate on reading the Bible, on praying, or on listening for God's voice. I've tried, but I just can't get into the Bible. I don't get anything out of it. I'm not convinced prayer is important. God knows what I need, and he's going to do what he's going to do, so I don't really see a purpose in it. And when I listen for God's voice, my mind wanders, and I wind up just getting frustrated. And I understand those reasons. Um, I have struggled with a lot of those same reasons and still do sometimes. But in Matthew 13, 44, Jesus tells a parable that I think relates to this struggle in a foundational way. And as I was looking back over my notes this morning, I was like, this is so basic. Like, this is so simple. Why is this the sermon I'm preaching this morning? And the reason this is the sermon I'm preaching this morning is because this is what the Holy Spirit told me to talk about this morning. That's the only thing I can tell you. And so we're going to look at this uh, parable, and then I'm going to try and relate it back to you in how... That is important in growing our relationship with God. So Matthew thirteen forty four, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So when I read this verse, I immediately started thinking about treasure hunting. 
And I started thinking about the different treasures that I've read about throughout history and stuff, and I started researching. And so one of the most interesting treasure hunts I came across was one on Oak Island, Nova Scotia. It has been hunted for since 1795. 1795, over 220 years people have been looking for this treasure. And so basically what it is, is there's this shaft, for lack of better words, that was discovered, and every 10 feet in the shaft, there are wooden platforms. And so that led people to believe this was man-made, something has got to be here, this didn't just happen by accident, and that's what started the excavating and the treasure hunting. Well, they have these wooden platforms every 10 feet down to at least 100 feet, but at 90 feet, they found a stone slab that had writing on it. And the writing was not um, recognized as any language that anybody knew, and so they couldn't decipher it. But in the 1860s, that mystery um, came to a renowned professor of languages, and he said that he deciphered the code. And what he said that it said was 40 feet below, 2 million pounds are buried. And so that stoked the treasure hunt for this big sum of money. This shaft is dubbed the money pit. And it has a double meaning. It's dubbed the money pit because they believe that money is down there. But it's also dubbed the money pit for the amount of money people have poured into trying to find this treasure. And so over the years, several different um, treasure hunting companies have been founded strictly to look for this treasure. A lot of people have gone there, literally thousands, millions, tens of millions of dollars have been invested in trying to find this treasure, and six lives have been lost. So my question in looking at all this and thinking about this was, why? Why would anybody invest in trying to find this treasure that they don't even really know if it's there or not? And there's a historian on Oak Island and a tour guide. As a matter of fact, the community of Oak Island has made a lot of money off of this treasure hunt. It's really kept them going all these years. Um, but he said it's the simple belief that there's something here, the belief that there's a treasure. That's what keeps people coming back, keeps them investing, keeps them looking. So the question I want us to think about together this morning is, is God your treasure? Is he your treasure? You see, the answer to that question matters. It matters because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so if we believe that God is our treasure, it changes everything about our relationship with him. So just three quick points. The first one is, when God is our treasure, we hold nothing back. We give it all. See, the man in the parable sold everything he had to buy the field where the treasure was buried. The treasure hunters that go to Oak Island risk their lives. They spend everything they have searching for that treasure. They work long, hard hours in really disgusting conditions sometimes. And they often have no idea what they need to do next. 
Like they don't have this great plan of if this fails, what am I going to do next? They kind of figure it out as they go. They just keep doing the next thing. So does that sound familiar at all? Like immediately my thought was the disciples. That's what the disciples did. They didn't know what they were doing, but they gave everything because they were convinced that Jesus was their treasure. It also reminds me of a story I read about a specific disciple named George Mueller. Um, George Mueller lived in the 1800s, and over his lifetime, he cared for 10,024 orphans. Let that sink in. Over 10,000 orphans. His life story is amazing. It is almost unbelievable, but he grew up in a very wealthy family, and when he decided to become um, a missionary, so to speak, he renounced all of that wealth because he didn't want anyone saying that he did these things on his on his own out of his wealth. He wanted people to know that he did what he did because of God. And so he had several orphanages and he never asked for money, ever. Never told anyone the needs that they had in the orphanage except God. God was the only one that he told about it. And there are some well-documented events that happened because of this. And so one of them is one morning they had all the children in this orphanage sit at a table. They said the prayer, thanking God for the food, and they had no food in the entire place. There was nothing to eat at all. But after they said that prayer, a baker knocked on the door and had enough bread to feed everybody. And a man that was delivering milk broke down outside of the orphanage. And so then he's got all this milk that's going to spoil. And so he gave milk to the orphanage. So they had milk and bread to feed all of the kids. That's one of a bazillion stories. Just about the way that he relied only on God and that God provided for him and for the orphans that he was feeding. See, he didn't hold anything back. He gave everything to God, including control. See, for me, the big thing there would be, I've got to have a plan. Like, you know, I've got all these orphans depending on me, depending on me, right. And I need to come up with a plan here. And if I can't come up with a good plan, I have no business taking care of these orphans. But he gave up control, and he gave that control to God. He gave up his reputation, He gave up his reputation and let God be the one that was honored and not himself. He gave up all the money he had. He gave up all the time he had. He gave up all his belongings. And that was because God was his treasure. And God was the only treasure he needed. Point number two, when God is our treasure, we never give up. So going back to the treasure on Oak Island... When something the treasure hunters tried in trying to get into this shaft didn't get the result they wanted, they didn't give up. They kept coming back. And what you see a lot of times if you read through a lot of the stories is that they would contact one of these treasure hunting companies and they would ask them for their advice about what to do. What had they done in the past that didn't work? What did they think might work in the future? They pulled in experts from several different areas um, to try and help them find the treasure, but they didn't give up. 
and they knew that each little success that they had would get them closer to the treasure. See, a lot of times when things get difficult in our relationship with God, when we can't focus, when our mind wanders, when we don't understand the Bible, when we miss our quiet time several days in a row, when we have a hard time loving someone God puts in our life, when we have no idea how to help somebody that we really love, how to point them to Jesus, when we don't know what to do or how to respond to the things going on in the world around us, we just give up. We quit. But we shouldn't be surprised by those things. Our world is rigged to distract us from God. There's lots of distractions. And when we run into these challenges, if we view God as our treasure, then we keep trying. We don't quit. We don't give up. One thing that's helped me a lot in this area is just this idea of not, not quitting versus this idea of continuing on. And so this is what that looks like. So instead of I start out and I say, okay, I'm going to read my Bible five days this week, but I only read my Bible one day this week. Then instead of saying, okay, I quit, and so I'm going to have to start again, so I'll wait until Monday, and on Monday I'll start reading my Bible again. See, that's the idea of giving up and quitting versus the idea of continuing on. Okay, so if I'm continuing on, what I'm saying is, okay, I only read my Bible one day this week, so I'm going to try again, and I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. And I can start reading my Bible again right now. I don't have to wait until Monday. Because when I quit, then it, it, it makes it seem like I've got to start over. If I just continue on, I'm free to go on right now. And so one of the things that I did that has helped me a lot is I just made up my mind that I'm not quitting. Quitting is not in my vocabulary. It's not a word I'm going to use. When I fail at something in my relationship with God, I'm going to continue on. I'm going to get back up and keep going. And it makes a huge difference in the way that I approach that. When God is my treasure, I don't quit. It's just not an option. And then number three, when God is my treasure, I'm not motivated by guilt. I'm inspired by my treasure. So we went to um, Santa Rosa Beach as a family a couple of weeks ago. And it is beautiful, clear, um, emerald green, blue water. Um, It's really beautiful. And so one day, I was down at the beach and I was walking along. And when I was walking, I was finding these big chunks of sand dollars. And I really wanted to find a whole sand dollar. But all I could find were these big chunks, and so I would toss those out. So then I went over into actually the water, and I'm walking through the water, and I see this whole sand dollar. But it's a little tiny one. It's about this big. And every time a wave would come in, it would catch it and roll it, and I couldn't get to it fast enough to pick it up. And so I just sat there, and I'm sure that the people that were around me watching me thought I was crazy, because I just sat watching, and then I would reach down and try and grab it, and it would roll away. And so then I would think to myself, okay, I know it's going to come back up again, so what am I going to do to be able to grab it this time? 
And so I would try a different tactic. And finally, I was able to grab my little sand dollar. And so I'll show you. See, it's perfectly intact. And it's just this little tiny sand dollar. As a matter of fact, I looked at it and thought, did someone buy that somewhere and throw it in there? Because it's just so tiny and perfect. But here's the thing. It took me... I don't know. I bet it took me 30 minutes of standing there <laughs> trying to grab. But I was determined to get it because it was so cool. It was so neat. It was such a cool treasure to me, and I wanted to take it home with me. But I didn't keep trying to get that sand dollar out of guilt. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling guilty about, oh, this poor little sand dollar. I need to pick it up and you know, take care of it and stuff. I did it because I wanted it. Because it was my treasure. And so I kept trying to problem solve and do different things to get there. And when God is our treasure, we're not motivated out of guilt to be with Him. We're motivated out of wanting Him. Out of wanting the treasure that He is to our life to be with Him. Many times when we're working hard at whatever we're working at, not just ministry, but whatever we work at, you know, we get exhausted, And over and over again, I see that when we get exhausted, we want to turn away from God instead of going to God. And I really think that that's because of our view that our time with God is some kind of duty or some kind of checklist. See, if it's that, it feels like work. And it's not refreshing. And it is exhausting. And so when we're exhausted, we want to turn away from that. But with Jesus, we see the opposite of that. In Jesus' life, the more work he had to do and the harder the work was, the more time he spent with God. And so if you look through the Gospels, you see things like this. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside and prayed. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. See, does that sound like a man who viewed it a duty to spend time with God? Did he approach his father out of guilt? Did he need to take a break from God when he was exhausted? No, he treasured his time with God. He treasured God. And the more exhausted he was, the more he craved time with the Father. He was inspired by him. Our parable tells us that the man who found the treasure sold everything he had to buy the field because he felt guilty. Because it was his duty. Because he wanted to check that thing off his list. No, the word that it used was out of joy he did those things. See, when God is our treasure, we're going to approach him and our time with him out of joy. So the answer to the question, is God is your treasure, is an important one. It changes everything. If God is not my treasure, then what is? Because something else is. And so the question I ask myself is, is God your treasure or is my time with him so I can check him off a list 
and move on to what really matters to me. Is God my treasure or is something else my treasure? So going back to the parable of the hidden treasure. A few minutes before this man's discovery in the field, the thought of selling everything he owned wouldn't have even crossed his mind. He wouldn't have even been thinking about that. And even if it had, it would have seemed ridiculous to him. But 15 minutes after finding the treasure, he was off to do it. He was off to sell everything he had and buy that field, and he did it with joy. What made the difference? The treasure made the difference. This man suddenly found something that transformed his whole outlook on life. The treasure restructured his values and priorities. It altered his goals. The treasure revolutionize the man. And if God is our treasure, he'll revolutionize us. A.W. Tozer said, the man who has met God is not looking for anything. He has found it. The man who is looking for God has not, is not looking, the man who has met God is not looking for anything. He has found it. And that's what it is when God is our treasure. Not long ago, um, as just part of my daily Bible reading, like I'm doing the whole read scripture thing and reading through the Bible, and just the thing that I was supposed to read that day, I ran across Psalms 119.114. And it says, You're my place of quiet retreat. I wait for your word to renew me. And I read that, and I stopped, and I thought, that's true for me. That's true for me. My time with God and my time in His Word is my safe place. It's my place of retreat. It's where I want to run to every day. And when I don't, I miss it. I feel like something is, that there's something that I need, that's something that I crave. See, when I think of Him in that way, when I think of him as my treasure, then when I pray and he doesn't give me what I've asked for, that's not a problem for me because I've already got what I want. I've got him. He is what I need. He is my greatest treasure. When I see him as my treasure, then I run to him. I want to be with him. It's not a duty. It's not a chore. He's what fuels me to pour into other people. He's what fuels me to do hard things. He is my greatest treasure. And what I want to tell you this morning is that I don't think it started out that way. Like I think, I've read through the Bible, I think this is my eighth time. And I can guarantee you that the first time I read through it, I didn't start out thinking, this is great, I love this, I can't wait to do it. I'm pretty sure that I started out knowing my legalistic self, going, I need to get this done so I can check this off my list today. And I'm pretty sure that I did it because I thought it was the right thing to do. I think I did it because I wanted to know God more. Like, I think my motives were pretty good. Um, And I think a lot of times I did it out of discipline, that I knew it was something I needed to do, and even if I didn't feel like it, I needed to go ahead and do it. But somewhere along the way, that changed. 
And what I want you to hear is I can't look back and point to a certain time and say this is where it changed. When I look back, it's the whole thing that caused me to get to the point that God was my treasure. And the way that he used it, he used all of it from the very beginning. And somewhere along the way, he changed my heart to where he became my treasure. And so now I can say that he is my strength when I am weak. That he is the treasure that I seek. That he's my all in all. And that seeking him as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. See, he is my treasure. And that's why I wanted us to talk about growing spiritually. Because I want everybody to be able to find that same treasure. I want everybody to know God as your treasure. And part of that includes discipline. Part of that includes um, not giving up, continuing on. Part of that includes approaching God and sometimes not feeling like you got a whole lot out of it. But it's worth the hunt to have a real, living, vital, I can't live without this relationship with him. So my question for you is, is God your treasure? It's an important question. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.